everybody, and welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. I'm Molly Herford. And I'm Peter Glassford. So, Peter, and this is going to sound super scripted because it is, have you ever been interested in martial arts? Not really. <laughs> I actually felt really bad for today's guest because I feel like when you emailed him at first, you were like, I have no interest whatsoever in any kind of martial arts at all. I think I was more tactful than that, but I was, I was very forward with that. I am definitely a lover and not a fighter. And uh, <laughs> while I'm interested in the movement, uh, you know, style or the the you know the fact that as as humans we certainly have grappling and hand-to-hand combat um you know in our, in our blood in our genes so to speak um you know i'm pretty adverse to conflict but that i was open to this idea of uh self-defense which is really what krav maga was which is what we're talking about today so we have dan Gador with us today, which is very phonetic. So I had the the pronunciation the upper down hand today. For once, yeah. Um, but yeah, he he did a good job of explaining sort of what it is, and you know he's he's from Israel, right? Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv, and uh, yeah, so right where it's from, so where this discipline has originated from, you know, it's it's becoming much more popular here in North America. But as always, we've sort of uh, North Americanized uh, this 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 discipline. So. You know, he was telling us sort of what, where you can find it. You know, he gave us some examples in both the U.S. and Canada, uh, a couple of places that we can look into it, um, but also suggested also, that we go to Israel. Which might be on our bucket list now. I will back up and say that today's episode is about Krav Maga, which for those of you who don't know, because Peter didn't know and I was really excited, I was like, oh my gosh, there's a Krav Maga guy that wants to talk to us. Uh, Peter's like, what the heck's Krav Maga? Uh, it's a self-defense system developed by the Israeli Defensive Forces that combines kind of the best of all martial arts and street fight techniques and teaches you, uh, in essence, to kind of just be a total badass. Yeah, lots of discipline. Um, you know, it's, it's usually... The good thing with martial arts is that there's a lot of, you know, pretty scripted movements. Usually, you know, there's a, a progression that you're following. You know, you're getting different levels. Um, most of them will thrive pretty or, or emphasize uh, self what am I looking for? Self-defense? Not self-defense. Self-awareness? No, discipline. Okay. Self-discipline, um, which is, is pretty attractive, I think, in, in you know today's everyday life where you know we can have whatever we want. You, know, you can microwave whatever you want whenever you want, and the internet's there all the time. Mm-hmm. You can Google it. Um, you know, I think more and more we're going to be looking for these outlets where you know, we can go and you know, see some progression, move, exercise, you know, have some social community, um, you know, there's a lot of good things about the, the combat sports or the, the martial arts, I think, that you know, a lot of us are missing. Yeah, I think what I really love about Krav Maga from a totally practical standpoint is, I mean, it teaches you how to actually defend yourself, um, unlike some of the, kind of as, a, as he put it, I think the more artsier of the martial arts that teach yeah. you how to do like cool moves that look wicked but like realistically if somebody grabs you from behind the uh the move might not actually work yeah so it's basically just street fighting is what krav maga is if you wanted to like really sort of boil it down i don't know that i you know i'm not certified to boil it down like this but basically it's all you know anything goes how you would survive if someone attacked you you know on a dark night you're in a city Mm -hmm. and you know someone attacked you and like what you would do to get out of it so a lot of going for the groin but like going for the groin efficiently yeah but like whether someone has a knife or whatever so they go through a lot of simulation they have a couple different ways they do that which dan talks about 
Um, they talk about, you know, he talks a bit about the belt system, but we didn't get in a lot about the specifics of that, but more like what a class looks like, how to be ready for a class, as always, you know, so sort of what's the cool move to be ready for. Um, and I think one of the really cool takeaways that we can sort of generalize to a lot of sports, and I've been really trying to pay attention with on my bike the last little bit, is this idea of being present. So a big part of Krav Maga is trying to avoid conflict. Um, so similarly, you know, when I'm riding my bike, trying to, you know, I can think about different ways I can dodge and skid and, you know, turn sharply and bunny hop over stuff. But if you're really aware, a lot of times, you know, you could be really good at just avoiding, you know, dogs running out at you or, you know, different, you know, cars trying to, you know, door you or cars trying to turn right in front of you. you know, there's a lot we can do if we're really, really present and not, you know, super, in, you know, into our, our podcast or looking at our Garmin or, or things like that, right? So I've been trying to take this idea of just really, you know, surveying the environment, which is always changing as we're riding and stuff. And so that's, you know, we talk a lot with this idea with Dan and he says it's, you know, and I believe him, it's, it's pretty life-changing when you start doing this and, you know, you start doing it automatically wherever you are. Yeah, so even if you are not interested in Krav Maga, I think there's still a ton of really good takeaways yeah. from this episode. As always, I think a lot of, you know, things we can generalize and take from the coaching and from the movement and, and just from the mindset, um, which is a big part of this Krav Maga. Absolutely. All right, let's get into it. Enjoy this episode with Dan Godore. Welcome right. back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Uh, Molly and I are here today with Dan Godore. Um, and he's over near Tel Aviv, and he'll give us the names of the places a little more uh, accurately than I could pronounce them, but uh, he is a Krav Maga teacher, coach. Um, he has three businesses there, uh, um, and yeah, he's been doing it for a long time. So he's going to tell us more about this, uh, this discipline of Krav Maga, what it is, where, you know, what it started as, and what it's maybe become in North America, and how this, this discipline can help us become you know, more consummate athletes. Um, so Dan, welcome. Welcome, thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, and I, and I am saying your name correctly, right? It's Gador, Dan Gador. Yeah, and actually, I was quite surprised to hear that you pronounced it exactly as it was supposed to. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I think it worked into my favor because I I try and pronounce what I believe phonetic is, I guess, and often it doesn't work out. So I think in, in this case, maybe it has. So that that's great. Yeah, great, it, great start. That, that worked perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, crushing it. Awesome. <laughs> Um, so we were sort of emailing back and forth beforehand and I was saying, you know, I, I've been interested in, uh, martial arts and stuff generally, you know, I, I know it's sort of part of the human nature to have some sort of grappling and fighting and defense and stuff, you know, that's sort of wired mm -hmm. into where we've come from as a species and, and whatnot, but it's sort of, you know, not part of a lot of, at least, you know, the North American lifestyle, I guess now is pretty removed from that. Um, yeah. So it's something that I've, you know, I've had my eye on, you know, there's a lot of good work ethic and methodology built into a lot of these combat sports and um, uh, martial arts and stuff. So, you know, Molly had mentioned Krav Maga actually a while ago, and then we sort of connected with you. So I'm excited today just to hear more about this discipline and, and what it is and what it isn't. And yeah, so with, with that in mind, did you want to give us just sort of a, a brief intro to sort of how you found Krav Maga? Yeah, sure. Um, I started training at the uh, Krav Maga when I was about 10. Um, and the truth is that I went there because a lot of my friends did, and it was uh, a very social, um, place, a very social thing to, uh, to go to. And the, the methodology there, the, the way that they taught us the, the techniques, 
uh, was very, very enhancing as a human being because a very, very important um, thing in Krav Maga is to be able to uh, to analyze whatever is going on around you socially um, and actually be prepared to a lot of things before they happen. Uh, so that was actually very, very um, helpful for me as a kid growing up. Uh, yeah, for sure. Socially as well as, yeah, well, <laughs> but but also socially. I mean, not not only uh, did it help um, cope with all kinds of, uh, of fears that might happen, but it helps you really understand what's going on around you at, at, at you know in school and at parties and and everywhere. I mean, it's it it's a very very interesting thing of uh, a way of actually looking at the situation that you're in which I found really, really exciting as a kid. Um, and as I continued to, uh, to learn, I started instructing. I actually got into instructing, uh, I don't know, maybe two or three years after I started to learn. I was, I was pretty young back then. Um, I did, uh, I had a course. Um, it was like uh, instructors, helpers kind of course. Um, and then I did an instructor course a couple of years later. And I've been instructing ever since. That's awesome. I love yeah. uh, I love to think about it in social situations. I feel like you probably were so much better at like making friends and sort of reading yeah situations at parties and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it really helps a lot because you you really get to know to understand uh, body language um, in a very very high kind of subconscious level. Because you really can, you can really understand when people get uh, frustrated or annoyed, or well, when they're relaxed. Yeah. Um, so it's really quite helpful. So on a, on a psychological level. I love that. Uh, how so? Can you give me? Uh, and it might be hard to verbalize this without being face to face, or you know, on, on, in the gym together or something. But what would be the drill or the the setting that then would help you read that, like? Would we be simulating sort of someone getting frustrated or like how how do you build that sort of awareness? Well, there are different ways to build that awareness. Uh, one of them is by looking at uh, videos. One thing that uh, that can be done um, is we have now we have in, in the WhatsApp and we see a lot of videos of, of uh, live scenarios, live things that happen, and we can really analyze the situation there. We can see uh, if a man is pulling out uh, a knife. You can actually see the way he walks. You can see the way he uh, takes his hand towards his pocket. You can see all that and you can learn to to analyze that. Um, in addition to that, during classes, sometimes, you know, in the middle of, of, uh, of an, a completely unrelated drill, I'd send one of the students to go and choke someone else or go and, and attack him from behind with, uh, you know, like a, a rubber knife, something like that. And people can really learn to feel the people around them, see how they move. Um, I remember this one time I was really, really fascinated by my, uh, my instructor's instructor. He could, see, uh, he could see someone doing a drill and he would know the exact position of his body, even on the other side of the person. I mean, he could know where your fingers are located, even if he can't see your hand. Um, and that was actually very, very interesting. I really liked that. And as I evolved in the Kav Magad, then I could 
really do that myself. So now I can see when someone walks a bit funny, I know why he's walking funny, where he has something uh, hidden. Is, is there, um, uh, it, it's really, you should see it happening. <laughs> yes, I think that's, that's it. And I mean, it's, it might be shocking to someone who's not taken any sort of martial arts or something like that. But um, I think that that's a good answer. Like it's through sort of simulations, um, you know, that you start seeing sort of what someone has to do just before they pull a knife, right? So that might be, you know, how they arrange their feet or like you say, something in, in just their demeanor, I guess, their, how, how they're acting just before, you know, even when they're simulating and they're not actually trying to pull a knife, you know, they have, yeah. they have to do certain things. Um, and is that sort of what you start sort of sensing or seeing? Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Plus you, you see that there, there is a different, um, your hand is positioned differently when you're trying to grab something, say like your cell phone in your pocket, or when you're trying to grab something that is, um, more knife shaped, because if you would, if you would do with your hand and you would uh, try to, to do the motion of grabbing something that is fairly big, like a cell phone or try to grab something that is fairly like, um, um, small or thin, like a, like a knife or like a pen, you would see that you do a different position, you do a different um, grabbing thing with your hand. And you can see that, um, you, you can see the different, um, the different grab. Right, and even that. even the setup, yeah, I can I can see definitely, and and that's you know the listeners could maybe try that. You I was know. gonna say I'm doing it right now, and I'm I'm seeing what you're, you're you know saying, grab your so. phone versus grab a pen or something like this, and yeah, yeah, no, I can see that, and I remember I've taken a bit of karate and and a couple sort of related things like that, and I remember there was some stuff with like if someone's about to kick you or about to punch you, like punching especially, I think like there's a certain like they have to do something with their feet, right? Like you can't just stand like you're talking to someone and punch them right like if you're going to really wind up and punch someone you sort of have to like step backwards and then like unload onto the front foot just like you would with like a baseball or something um and so i imagine yeah, that that's the type many, of stuff you start many to martial arts you would do that uh i do my best to teach someone to, to to throw a punch without um without doing that pre-move pre-punch move Mm-hmm. Oh, don't tell me that uh, that's been like my that's my survival tactic yeah. for when I'm in bars and stuff. Well, you just <laughs> well, haven't come up against a Krav Maga person yet. So, um, actually, on that note, uh, maybe this is a good time to ask how Krav Maga differs from something like karate or like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or you know any of that stuff that we see that's also pretty popular right now. Yeah, um, Krav Maga was developed um, in order for it to be a defensive. Uh, technique for uh, street uh, for street fights, basically, um, and it does that very well. Now, if you would uh, seek the origins of, of many other martial arts, you would see that judo, for instance, it's called a martial art, but it's a sport. You have mm-hmm. very very specific things that you can or cannot do. Uh, there are very specific ways in which you gain points. We don't have points in Krav Maga. We don't have um, competitions in Krav Maga because it's very hard to compete when um, when you, all the time you're trying to kick the other guy in the groin or pull his eye out, you know. <laughs> yeah, the, the goal <laughs> is to you, not die. Like <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. 
that's it that's a good differentiation and you're selling me i like things that don't you know like you know skateboarding before they added points to skateboarding and things like this i like things that don't necessarily have points but are more mm-hmm. just, more just a practice right and and I think that we were both yeah. saying, like, for us, Krav Maga is interesting because we're not necessarily, yeah, like, out to fight somebody or, like, compete in fighting someone or win fighting someone. It's mm-hmm. more about being prepared to fight right. someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. So then... Uh, I don't know if, I don't ahead. know how exactly it translates to English, but in Hebrew, there is a differentiation between a omanut lechima, which is a martial art, and a shitat lechima, which is... Uh, yeah, it's more of a fighting technique, which is not an art. And the reason we do that differentiation is because Krav Maga is, is a very ugly method. <laughs> you don't see any um, double kicks while bouncing in the air, you know, and, and doing all kinds of uh, really, really cool kind of stuff. But you will get a feeling that you are absolutely 100% prepared to whatever comes and attacks you when you're walking down the alley alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I love it. So then who who would be taking these classes? Like what sort of range of people would you have in, in your three locations there? Other than the obvious Israeli defense forces. Yeah. Well, the defense forces have their own instructors. I do a a bit of instructing to defense forces, but not uh, not a lot. Mm -hmm. I primarily teach uh, civilians. Um, I have a lot of young kids, from first graders to uh, to six or seven graders. Um, I have groups of uh, of adults. Um, I think the oldest guy I used to teach was about. About fifty years old. He was he was a very interesting guy that I used to instruct. And actually, I instructed everyone a very very wide um, range of ages. Um, but mostly kids go and do it because their parents really want them to uh, to be able to develop their um, self confidence. Mm-hmm. And Krav Maga, it it really does that. It's a very 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 major thing that it does. So now BJJ and, and some of these other martial arts, you know, you, you're you going to potentially not get hurt, but like the, you're going to get beat around a little bit. Is there like, do you get beat up at the class? I guess is without asking it more artfully, but you know what I mean? Like, are you getting slammed onto the mat and maybe, you know, having losing, you know, your breath or something like um, how, how, I guess how violent and then how theoretical it is, right? Like, are we using you mentioned rubber knives and stuff like what's what's sort of the sit- situation when you go to a class well when you go to class uh you learn techniques uh the, a very big part of the lesson is you learn techniques and you practice those techniques now some of those techniques can get very aggressive even while you're practicing them in class you do get tossed around a bit and you do fall in your back and and you may you know twist your hand um but while you're practicing the techniques, you usually don't get hurt. Uh, in addition to the techniques, there are um, classes in which we put on a protective gear. And usually one puts on protective gear and he grabs a, either a knife or a, a stick. And he just goes around and beats everyone up. And everyone is supposed to... Yeah, it, it's actually it's, it's a very fun practice, actually. Because mm-hmm. the, the person who's defending... He can now hit as hard as he wants 
anywhere he wants. You can kick to the groin, you can kick to the head, you can do whatever you want. And the other person, he just doesn't stop. It's like fighting in your, own, in, in your worst nightmare. Uh, so we do get uh, a feel, a taste of, um, of aggressive kind of fighting. And, and we do get a lot of training on the technique itself. Mm-hmm. The technique and on the principles that are behind the technique. Right. Hey, everybody. We're going to interrupt the podcast for just a second for a quick word from a new sponsor. Are you a consummate athlete? I think so. I think so, too. Why don't you head over to healthiq.com slash consummate athlete, help out the podcast, and also check out your health IQ. In addition to being a health insurance company, a life insurance company, mm-hmm. Health IQ has a really great website. They have really cool articles that they're posting all the time on their own blog and also just sort of their feed. Um, you know, I clicked on actually three or four while I was there, just interesting articles that popped up. So it might be a real great website to visit just on the regular anyhow, even if you don't want life insurance. Uh, that said, life insurance has been something that you and I have actually been talking about a ton recently. And the cool thing about Health IQ is they actually have special rates on life insurance for consummate athletes. Yeah, they basically advocate for lower rates for healthy people. You know, your weightlifters, your your runners, your cyclists. Um, high five. Yeah, I guess high five if you're one of those people. And so basically they're trying to leverage the fact that there's lower risk for cancer, say 45% lower, even 18% lower heart disease risk and 28% lower risk of early death for active people. So Double again, high five. That's great. So why would you pay those higher rates, you know, that are taking those averages, you know, all those people who are you know, doing those unhealthy things. They're not out running, putting in the miles, you know, being healthy. Um, So yeah, basically their idea is, you know, getting lower rates for life insurance, you know, which might fit into your sort of overall financial plan, uh, or it may not. But in any case, why don't you head over to healthiq.com slash consummate athlete. Again, help out the podcast, check out some cool articles, maybe take a few of their quizzes. I I actually got two wrong on their weightlifting quiz. So, uh, yeah, still a pretty good score, though. I think I beat 63 million Americans. So why don't you go to healthiq.com, see how many Americans you can beat. Um, It's weird. I apologize to the Americans. You could beat an American if you were an American. That happens. (laughs) I forgot you were Canadian. Healthiq.com slash consummate athlete. Thanks, guys. And now back to the podcast. How do kids, ex- I would imagine that, you know, young gentlemen especially would, would be quite into that exercise. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah. Yeah. Young kids, uh, young kids are really excited about that exercise. Um, although I do prefer that young girls come and practice. Young girls that come and practice, they, they don't look exactly for the, um, for the aggressive kinds of, uh, of classes. But they really go there because they want to learn how to defend themselves. And mm-hmm. you can see that, that different mindset in the class itself. Well, you see that, especially the, the younger kids, usually they, um, uh, you know, they, they punch each other and they kick each other, you know, just, just to have some fun. And the girls are there, they're like, the, the police officers, are, they're like, you stop that. I want to learn this. Yeah. <laughs> right. doing this? Right. So it's actually very interesting. Yeah, and there's definitely, yeah, I mean, there's something empowering about that, you know, and and for boys or girls, you know, learning to deal with those situations, you know, and it would be in in a more playful, you know, artificial 
way in the in the class but like you say you know there's someone with a stick and you want to try to you know sub you know sub subdue um that that person Mm -hmm. to try and not get hit with the stick again right like um yeah so i mean it's it's a good way like to confront those fears of being in a bit of conflict you know and and that would translate into confidence in in your normal daily life for sure and like I said, yeah, I think yeah. that's that's why we're seeing it grow in the U.S. too, is because women are definitely looking for something, you know, that isn't like I'm going to do this cool jujitsu move to take down this guy that's trying to attack me. Like I have no problem going mm. for the groin if someone is trying to attack me. <laughs> so. Yeah, I remember I went to one, uh, I went to a Krav Maga dojo somewhere in the states. I don't remember where it was. And the instructor there, he saw, he thought I was a new student because he didn't know me. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say that where I was from or what I knew. I didn't know. So when he tried to impress me in order for me to stay for more classes, he did a very interesting move. It, it was like he climbed on his opponent and choked him with his legs and brought him to the ground. It was very. It was very beautiful to see mm-hmm. and completely irrelevant to the street. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, for one you thing, you don't want to be reduce. on your back in a bar. Like, that's just... <laughs> but it was very um, uh, aesthetically pleasing to the guy. Mm-hmm. It was really beautiful to see. <laughs> okay, so now if someone was, um, you know, we, we talked earlier before we started about sort of in North America, there's been, as you say, more of an aesthetic or more of a drill-based or art-based sort of thing, and, and it's maybe separated a bit from that, like, raw in street fighting or like self-defense type um, mm-hmm. thing. So is, is there anything that you can say when someone was looking for a class or an instructor, is there a question or, or, or something they might look for? That would kind of, I guess, make it more of like the pure, like actual Krav Maga versus the more aesthetic stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there are several mainstreams, uh, mainstreams of Krav Maga that are being taught in Israel and um, most of the time, if the instructor there uh, went and learned Krav Maga in Israel, he would have um, at least a bit of the real hardcore Krav Maga. Uh, um, I did not see uh, an, an, a Krav Maga instructor who did not learn in Israel and that I liked the Krav Maga that he did. I'm not saying that there isn't, that there aren't any, but mm-hmm. I did not meet any of them. Uh, when I was uh, traveling around the States. Yeah, that uh, makes sense. Okay. Um, I like that. Because, I mean, one of the questions I always ask is, like, if we were going to immerse ourselves and go on a Krav Maga vacation, where would we go? So you, mm-hmm. would, you would say Israel. We would come and see you. I would say, I would say Israel, definitely. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Honeymoon most destination most right there. Krav- <laughs> but most mainstreams of Krav Maga, if you, if you talk to a... Uh, to, uh, uh, a main instructor there, you could actually come and have a, a week, two week, or a month long, um, like a training session. Because most big places have trainings almost every day, so you can just you can really go and train for three, four, five hours a day every day of the week. Wow. Uh, if you come, if if your intentions are to really come and get yourself immersed in Krav Maga. Oh my gosh, I can like see Peter's eyes lighting up right now. He's yeah. like, new honeymoon plan. We're going to learn how to do this. <laughs> yes. Um, 
I yeah. like it. No, that's awesome. I mean, it's, some sports are hard to do that. Um, and sometimes there isn't like an obvious place to go. So that's, that's awesome that the answer is straightforward and also that it's possible, right? Like again, finding a place to, as you say, immerse yourself for several hours a day is sometimes troubling, you know, even for something yeah. like surfing or, you know, swimming or something, right? Like where you're, or skiing would be another example where mm-hmm. you're somewhat at the whim of instructor times or weather or, or both. Yeah. Um, what about other sports? Have you seen like athletes from other sports um, using Krav Maga uh, as sort of their cross training? Uh, we have a lot of people who train, in, who do like CrossFit and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, TRX and all kinds of bodybuilding kind of things. Um, and they come and do Krav Maga because uh, they have all their, the, the main um, sports, they do it elsewhere. And then they come to Krav Maga just for the techniques uh, because they it, it helps them with their self-confidence. Um, but Krav Maga is very hard to combine with, uh, say, with MMA and stuff like that, with, you know, with mixed martial arts, because it's, you cannot, you can't compete with it. Mm-hmm. it. It doesn't help you in other sports in that way. Yeah, that might actually be detrimental to your MMA, because you'd spend the whole fight trying to remember if you were allowed to do a move that you know <laughs> or not. Like, oh, crap, sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to kick you in the groin. It was just my other training. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yep. Okay. Definitely. Now, what about have you seen athletes? So there's the CrossFit sort of strength training athletes. People have done that. Um, is there someone who's come from another like sport, like anything, you know, runners or you know maybe a powerlifter or something like that, who have then come and been like really good, like they've picked it up quickly? Um, most of the times, if someone is very very good at a different martial art. Uh, he would have a tendency to pick up the technique really quickly, although he will have, um, I, I call it residue of the other techniques because there are some different things, even in the basics of how you give a punch, how you throw a punch and how you kick and how you stand. Uh, but if someone is, is a high enough level in any other martial art, he can definitely come and pick up uh, most of the um, uh he can he can pick up very easily most of the techniques of the Krav Maga, uh, and of course, if he has the mindset of the Krav Maga, then then the techniques are are secondary. All the techniques that we that we teach, all of them are obviously they're very good. They work, uh, but the the most important thing that we teach there is how to um, how to get out of situations by yourself. I mean, if someone throws a punch a bit differently than what you know you would still be able to, to block it. You do the, the defense a bit differently, but if you know what's standing behind the techniques, then it will be much easier for you to defend yourself against whatever comes. Mm-hmm. Um, so if someone, if someone comes and he knows his body well, not, not necessarily with martial arts, uh, people who come from dancing, mostly women, but yeah. men as well, uh, people who come from any type of sport that, that really helps them, uh, that, that, forces them to be aware of their body, they would have a very good time learning Krav Maga. Yeah, I could see that with like a ballerina in particular because they have to be aware of like where the other people in a ballet are. So they have like really good spatial awareness of that stuff too, plus the Mm -hmm. body awareness. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> As an Irish dancer, I had no such awareness. It was just me and arms don't move. So <laughs> I would have been terrible. Um, I'm sure you weren't. Once uh, once you start doing it, you you really understand that. Um, even if someone stands behind you and he's close enough to you, you can really visualize where his head is, where his arms are, where his chest is, where everything, where everything stands. It's, yeah. It's a, it's a developable, developable skill. Is yeah. that a word? Developable? I think it is. We're going to call it one for sure. Yeah. I think, uh, use- yeah. To that point, though, I think women probably have that just because we're pretty conditioned to be super, like, hyper aware of, like, hey, there's a dude standing behind me, and, like, what am I going to do? And now I tell Peter, like, I go out on a run, and, like, my immediate thought if I see a guy, like, half a mile down the trail is to, like, start thinking about how I could run away from him or, like, what I could do if he comes after me. So I think women are just maybe, like, better set up for it because we've always had to think about that stuff. Yeah, unfortunately, it's true. Yeah. Um, and um, and while women are uh, preconditioned to think that way, uh, I think that um, you know society expects women to think that way. I see it all the time. I see it everywhere. Um, but no one actually teaches women or people at all um, what to do with that awareness of yes, that. Yes, a hundred percent. Okay, so, so you see a guy half a mile away from you and, and you start thinking, okay, there's a guy there and it's kind of frightening and what should I do? And you're really aware of that. But what would you do about it? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, at the same time, like my, my answer would be like I'd sprint into the woods and hope I could outrun the guy. It would not be any kind of yeah. like efficient <laughs> fighting or anything. So, you know, so we, we really teach a lot. Um, to the the best way to win in a conflict is to not have it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you can avoid fighting, that would always be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that also uh, is something that needs to be taught. That that mindset, that way of thinking. Because if you see a guy half a mile away from you, and instead of um, Instead of thinking, uh, if he's going to come and grab me, I'll do this. And if he has a knife, I'll do that. And if he says that, I'll say this. If instead of doing all that, you can say, well, I could do a little detour. Mm-hmm. And I just wouldn't run into him. Yeah. And that would be probably the best thing to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, that would relate to, we started off talking about, you know, if you're in a room or, you know, some place like the subway or something and you're able to read people a little bit, then you might just gravitate to the other side of the subway or something. Right. And is that, is that something that crosses your mind, you know, even when you're out sometimes? Oh, definitely all the time. Um, it, it doesn't bother me. You know, it's not that I'm obsessed with thinking how I would, um, how I would react with if different situations occur, but in, in the subconscious level, I always, I'm always aware that uh, where where the exits are and what what I would probably do if a fire starts from there or if a woman chokes from there or if a guy I don't know starts screaming from the other side in being aware of uh, being aware that these things can happen um, and then 
even subconsciously thinking how we how you should react in such a situation is a very good thing mm-hmm. uh, by the way there are many um, uh, things that you can do in order to be prepared exactly to that kind of situation like you can go and do um, like uh, first aid courses and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know uh, and that really helps you a lot if you're um, if you might encounter any kind of medical situation wherever you wherever you are I mean that being prepared doesn't mean only to be prepared against um, violent acts right and in the Kamaga we don't only teach to be prepared against violent acts because violent acts although they're not very um, fun and you really do want to be prepared in order for, uh, whenever they come but most of the time there are many different things that you need to react to on your day-to-day basis mm-hmm. I and mean, you need to be aware when you're crossing the street what could happen what couldn't happen it, it helps you drive better because you're better prepared to see someone breaking in front of you if you can if you understand the way the road works, you know when someone is going to break, you know when someone is trying to fishtail, and you know when, when all that kind of thing happens. And this is definitely an awareness that um, that is not exactly taught in the Kav Maga, but it's, you're kind of immersed in it when you go to a class. You're always aware of whatever's going on around you, and you're always trying to... Um, to guess what's going on, what's going to happen next and how you're going to react to whatever's happening. Yeah. I like that. It uh it reminds me like right now you're you're seeing a lot about like mindfulness and you know mindfulness practices kind of all over there's so many books and podcasts and stuff on that and this actually sounds mm. exactly like that but kind of the more physical like version of it. Yeah. yeah definitely. I I heard a story once about um, when, when, when a kid is born, okay, when, when a baby's born, don't put him in a class and teach him how to stand up and how to walk. Mm-hmm. You don't sit him in front of the, you know, in front of a blackboard and you say, okay, these are your legs and these are your hamstrings and these are your quadriceps and now you need to pull these and, and, you know, and that's the way you stand, that's the way you move. You don't do that. The way a baby learns how to walk is by trial and error. He tries to stand up. He tries to move his leg. He falls down a couple of times, sure, but you try to put him in, in a relatively safe environment where he can fall down and nothing bad will happen to him. So if you take the same thing and you um, and you put it in the Krav Maga lessons, you actually see that a lot of these mindfulness kind of courses, they have, they're very, very good um, theoretically. Mm-hmm. But... The question is, how can you really put them in your life? How can you really practice it? Yes. Mm-hmm. So you really should find a place where you would be completely immersed in it and not just uh, kind of theoretically speaking, thinking this should do that and, and, you know, I should be thinking these kind of thoughts and not that kind of thoughts. You should actually put yourself in situations and see how that mindset works for you. That's the best way to develop it. Yes, I think that, you know, when we initially talked, we were, my, my thought was, you know, the, the combatives are, you know, a part of our human nature or our human movements. Um, and so I think you're exactly right. That moving meditation or that 
meditation on our surroundings or awareness of our surroundings, you know, that's, that's part of it, right? You know, whether you're running or on a bike or just walking through the subway and reacting to the people around you, you know, it's all, it's all part of that. So yeah, I think that's, that's a really cool thought. Um, you had a few ideas there, but I'm going to sort of ask the question and see if we can tease out something else here from you. Um, is, (laughs) is there a move or something that at home someone might practice, you know, for uh, what comes to mind for me based on what you've been saying, you know, something like a, you know, a sit up or, you know, some sort of calisthenics or something that, you know, you guys do a lot of in the class and it's going to be a limiter for someone like being able to be in a, you know, semi lunge stance or, you know, on your back sort of defending yourself. Uh, is there something like that that someone, you know, before they maybe get to a class could, could start sort of just including in their daily routine? I think the best thing that someone could include in his daily routine in order for him to be really, really uh, good in Krav Maga is to start with the mindset because that's actually, that's really what's in the core of the, um, of this martial art is the mindset. Um, all you can do sit-ups, you can do pull-ups, you can do whatever you want for however, you know, all day long if you want, but it won't help you do, it won't help you be a better Krav Maga artist um, if you're not aware of your surrounding. Um, what I like to do uh, when uh, when people come and want to learn Krav Maga and they ask me what they can do in order for them to be better at it is I tell them that whenever they're out you know, walking, uh, they should do all kinds of these mental games um, you know, just think, think to yourself, if someone comes from there, can I run that way? Can I run that way? Maybe I should do like this. Maybe I should do like that. Um, whenever, whenever I see someone with pepper spray, I always go and tell them, you should always think, um, about, uh, you know, the wind direction, you should always think if it's the best thing to use, you should always play with yourself, you know, think about uh, the situations that you're at, uh, that you're in, and really try to understand um, how you should react if something happens. And then you start throwing different things that could happen, and then you just start thinking how you'd react to every different scenario that you thought about. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really much more of a mindful kind of, uh, a mindset kind of thing and not really uh, a very physical thing. I like it. You know? so it's essentially like people watching as, as you're going through, you know, and really, but th- not just people watching, but trying to think of how you might interact with people as you go through. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, you could say that. Which is good. I think it gets people off their, their phones and, mm-hmm. you know, thinking that's, that's a good one. Definitely. You know, people walking around with their eyes on their phone, that's, that's like a plague of the... <laughs> I can't understand that. It's totally, it's, it's ludicrous. I mean, I see people um, crossing the streets and they're not even looking at the sides. I mean, how do you even know if the light is green or is it red? I mean, I, I don't know. It's, um, it's yeah. frightening. It's like, uh, it's like strolling around the world with your eyes closed. You never know what you're going to bump into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of the opposite of what you're describing. So. Yeah, you kind of yeah. want to start like snatching their phone and handing them your business card. Like, Come to my class and you can get this back. Yeah. <laughs> you clearly you need to learn something. Me, you have known I would take your phone. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have a hand ready for it and everything. 
So I think probably last question, I mean, we can take this further too, but last one I had was um, in, in the first class, um, is there, what, what should we expect? You know, someone coming in, Molly always wants to know the cool move she can do, you know, in the first day. But I think what she really wants to know is, you know, you come into the class, you don't want to seem like a complete noob. So, you know, what do we start with? Is there like a warm up, or, you know, what, what does it look like, you know, when you come into the class? I've just been at a lot of classes and been really awkward. So now I try to use this to figure out how to be cool. <laughs> Being cool 101. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the whole point. Well, first of all, you go into a Krav Maga class and obviously you start with the warm up. Uh, so the better shape you are, the better you're going to look in the warm up, which is good. Which is good. It's always a good thing to always be able, you know, to catch your breath quickly after you finish the running sessions, and uh, you know, to be able to finish all your push-ups. Um, during the class itself, um, most of the techniques that 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 would be taught in the first couple of lessons are very simple to learn. So it's actually very noob-friendly <laughs> because it's it's so intuitive to learn them. Uh, most of the moves are, um, you know how how you if if you go and scare a little kid, you would see him do a, a certain movement with his hand. If if you do like you're gonna you know slap him or something, don't don't do it. But if you would <laughs> do it, if you're gonna slap him, you would see him doing a certain movement with his hand. So we take that movement and we turn that into a defense, and we do that. All around, you know, all the Kavma guys based on that. So it's actually very, very fast uh, to learn. So a lot of new people who come and are really anxious about looking like they're new, um, that that usually doesn't happen. If you trust your instincts, if you trust your body to do whatever it's supposed to do, if you don't try to, um, if you don't try to look like a sensei and you try to just do whatever you're told. That that would be perfect, and that was all. That would always look good. I like it. Uh, I guess my last question then is: uh, What do you wear to to class? Very important. Yeah, it it really is very important. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just in, picturing myself like showing up in like a full on like karate like uniform, <laughs> and no one else is wearing it or something. So. <laughs> Uh, basically, we wear we have a T-shirt um, and we have long pants that are kind of wide, so you could move freely in them. Um, it's not really hard and strong fabric. It's it's really nice to wear because uh, basically you're supposed to be able to do whatever you learn there on uh, you know every day. So um, you want to be able to move freely on one hand, uh, but you really want to be to, to feel as comfortable as possible while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't have all kinds of these, you know, these crazy geese and, you know, the, 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 the hard pants and the vests and everything. Uh, you can actually go in, and look at some of my pictures uh, online. You can see there exactly what we wear. It's um, a very day-to-day kind of clothing. Uh, many women, when they come to class, they come, you know, with their, with their tights and... Um, and just a regular shirt, like a T-shirt, mm-hmm. uh, a dry fit T-shirt, um, and that's perfectly fine until you know they get their yellow belt and then they need to get you know like real Krav Maga clothes. <laughs> yeah, 
Perfect. Um, I've got yoga pants for days. I'd be good to go. <laughs> great, great. Yoga pants are fine. <laughs> awesome. Um, I mean, I'm excited for it, and yeah, that was really good. Yeah, um, I think we're gonna have to plan a, a trip to Israel now. Yeah, I mean, the only thing is that now I feel like I'm gonna be like pompous about all the North American ones, and yeah, and right. Just, we're yeah. not gonna be able to go to ones in Toronto. We're just gonna yeah. be like, oh, you're not doing real Krav Maga. Yeah. Well, <laughs> actually, there are. I, I know there are two guys who trained with me who teach. Um, in uh, one of them teaches in Toronto. One of them what? teaches in Cincinnati. Yep. Okay. And we're going uh, to Cincinnati this weekend. That's so actually we're... amazing. We we really are going like next week. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is it e- is it easy to do their names or I can just put them in the show notes? Maybe both. Um, who are these men? <laughs> well, the guy in Toronto, his name is Gil. And you can find him. He's torontokravmaga.ca. You'd find his website. Uh, he's He started training a bit before me. And we've been training together um, for many, many years, he just moved to uh, to Canada a few years ago and opened up uh, a dojo up there. Uh, he's a really good friend of mine. You should check him out. Um, and the guy in Cincinnati is CincinnatiKravMaga.com. You can find him. His name is Mike, and he's really, really a good guy. Uh, he came to Israel many times to practice. His um, his students come to Israel to, to practice and to get their black belts. Uh, so these are two guys that I really... I'm um, personally familiar with and that I really, really enjoy um, to see them teach, see them work. That's awesome. Peter, I feel like this is a sign. I guess that's a sign because we're basically in Toronto right now and we're going to Cincinnati here in the and next week or so. Cincinnati, that's perfect. So yeah, there you go. We'll go. Toronto, Cincinnati, Israel. I'll be yeah, the plan. done. Perfect. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. We'll yeah. hit you with all the links and stuff. Um, did you want to give us just your website again? I'll link to that in the show notes a bunch too. Um, but your website, just so people can check out pictures and stuff. Um, yeah, my website is dankravmaga.com. And right now it's, um, it's in Hebrew, mm-hmm. but an English version of it will come up soon. Uh, so you can just come into dankravmaga.com and you'll have a, you know, a little icon with the US flag there and you can change the language and be um, very understandable for everyone. Perfect. Well, North America thanks you for that. Yeah, right? Yeah, coming down to our level. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. Um, awesome, Dan. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch soon. Um, yeah. Enjoy the rest of your night, I guess? Yes, I guess. No, your morning. Yeah. No? No, no. It's actually night. It's uh, oh. 10 to 11 p.m. right now. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, my well, gosh. Thank okay, you. go to bed. Go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning into the Consummate Athlete Podcast. We would love it if you'd go over to iTunes and leave us a review. And if you have any ideas or people you'd love to see on the podcast, feel free to tweet at us at Peter Glassford and at Molly J. Herford or find us over at consummateathlete.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Just a reminder to head over to healthiq.com slash consummate athlete to get your life insurance quote and find out how active people can get a good rate on their life insurance.